It is, a, it is a day to celebrate his goodness. Amen? Because he lives, we can live. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. Man. Forgive us if uh, <laughs> Pastor Daniel, Pastor David and myself, and man, Coming, coming directly off of this, this journey. I, I, I don't know if um, I, I was sharing with someone this morning. It's, it's, um, we don't do the, necessarily the big tours, you know, and all the tourism stuff, you know, when we go to Israel. We really try and make it a spiritual journey. And anybody who's done a walk to Emmaus or Crucio, it, it, it's, it's like a walk to Emmaus on steroids, <laughs> and so um, we have been touched very deeply um, through that journey uh, and coming back. I, I really pray that that anointing and, and the things that, that God is working is ministering. I believe it is already. And uh, what a great day to be able to gather together and celebrate that our Savior, He is alive. Amen. None of, none of the other religions of the world can say that. And that was always the point of contention throughout the Scripture. They didn't mind you talking about him dying. They just didn't want those early disciples talking about, he's alive, <laughs> that he's, he lives, amen? And so we're going we're gonna to look at some of that today. And, uh, and I want to try and bring it down into, into you know, application. If any of you known me very long, you, you're going to know. I, I don't want to just give us a, a whole bunch of, of theology, you know, that, that somehow this thing's got to come down where the rubber meets the road. I don't know about you, but I need to know how to live this stuff. Amen? How many of you want to know how to live for God? How to make an impact and a difference in this life? Amen. It's one thing, you know, to, to be able to look, you know, at heaven and, and all, that, all that God offers us on the other side. But you know what? He wants to meet us and help us right now in the nasty now and now. <laughs> and so that's my prayer today is that God would invade our lives and that we will never be the same. Because I, and I said it all through as we were, as we were on, our, on our trip in Israel, and you'll hear me say it a lot. That, that God, it was never about religion. It's about transformation. See, it's not about behavior modification. See, the, the religions uh, of the world, and even it's crept into Christianity, where it's about a behavior modification. But, but God was always after the heart. He wants inward transformation. That's the only way that we'll ever truly be fulfilled or fulfill all that God has for us in this life. Amen? And so I want to just set this up, and I, I just want us to go to the Lord in prayer again and just offer ourselves. Some of you have come today, and you know that you're, you're in crisis mode. There, there's some real trouble and some things going on. Others of you, you, you think everything's okay, but you, you, you still know that there's something more. There's something stirring. There's something happening even in this service today. And, and that's, that's part of our prayers is that God would do that so that, so that we're kind of we're uncomfortable. And for some of you, you may have felt like you've been drugged in here because someone wouldn't get off your case until you came to church with them. <laughs> 
I believe that's a divine setup. <laughs> so if I look out there and you're kind of like a deer in the headlights, you know, and you're, you felt like you've been kidnapped and, and uh, brought here, get ready. God's got something big for you today. And you already sense it. I know the Holy Spirit's already working. Just, just relax in that. Don't fight it. <laughs> just let go and let God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right here in this moment, God, that, that it's not about just coming through a service and just uh, a, a routine or, or just another holiday on the calendar that we, we check off. But, Father, today that this is full of your life, of your spirit and your power, your anointing here. And, Father, I thank you that you had caused me to speak as an oracle of God with your heart of love and compassion. And, Father, that each one of us would, would have hearts to receive the full measure of all that you would have for us today, that we would be open to hear your voice and to, to give ourselves in obedience to whatever that is. And, Lord, we just thank you for that. We commit this service to you. Have your way in our lives today. And, Lord, whether we're here in person, whether it's by live stream, whether it's later uh, as others may, may watch this um, or listen to the message, Father, we just pray that that's, that anointing from your Spirit will just minister conviction and repentance and life in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to read from a passage. You know, resurrection is central to our faith. I'll read from a passage here in Luke 24. And this is really coming off of that, that um, you know, where Jesus was ministering to the guys on the road to Emmaus. And then he gets with his disciples. And in verse 24 and verse 46, he says this, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary, for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Come on, to all nations. Beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, we know that over in the book of Acts, Luke, the same writer, talks about that that, that, that promise is still ongoing. It's for us and for all those that would come. It was for them and all those who would come after them for the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I want to break this down. I want to talk to us a little bit about that. You know, when we started the, the uh, spiritual journey, I want to refer to it in that trip to Israel. And, and by the way, we, we are planning... Uh, something that we're, we're going to open one up to the actual church these, uh, these last few. This trip was planned two and a half years ago. No thanks to COVID. You know, we finally got there, though. And I believe it was, it was divine appointment, divine time. God, God had his way. Amen. And, uh, and here we are. You know, coming, coming back off of that, but, but when I think back, I, I can't go into detail on, on everything that happened. We'd be here all day, and, and I really want to honor our time today because, again, we want, we want God to just move among us. Amen? And so, um, but I know that there's, there's there, listen, at least you didn't have to put a roast in the oven. We got food for you out here. 
Amen. <laughs> Come to church, you get a meal. And uh, so we're going to have that and all those bounce houses, the kids. I mean, my, my little granddaughter was just beaming. She's bouncing off the walls, excited. So I, I know where the kids are at, right? Bless Pastor Mike today. <laughs> those kids are ready to party. And uh, it's good. But, you know, thinking we started, and we started actually, you know, down in Joppa, but we, we the first place really we went to was there at the Shepherd's Fields. And, and, um, and the place that I love going is, is it's off the beaten path. It's, you know, when you run around with Pastor Olin, you know, and he, he was over there seven years uh, living, and he's done tour after tour after tour, and, and he's a walking encyclopedia, but, but he knows all, come on, how many, how many know when, when somebody shows up in San Angelo and they go, what's a good hole in the wall? Come on, <laughs> they don't want to just eat the typical. They they want to go. What's hometown? You know, and uh, and when you're hometown, you know things that others don't know. And Pastor Olin's like that. And so here we here we are, and and uh, and so um, we go to this this place, and there, it's it's not a tour spot. I mean, it, literally, we we jumped out of the bus. We just had the bus driver, you know, pull to the curb. We jumped out, ran across the street. Walked over to the to the edge of the of the uh, the the hill up up above the valley of the shepherd's fields. Bethlehem is setting off to the to the to the right, and shepherds all those rock pens that they would keep the sheep in are still down there. And we're just sitting there. And while we were having this moment of prayer, I'd been video, and Pastor Olin was teaching, and and I turned my turned it off and uh, I turned it off too soon Pastor Daniel you know we, we started praying well Pastor Daniel prays with his eyes open <sighs> some of us need to learn more about that and as we're praying here comes these shepherd guys these young men with their herd of, of sheep and goats coming right behind where Pastor Owen was standing there praying right in front of us you know they, they come right there Daniel was like they're still doing it. But from the beginning, we set the tone in that because the announcement came to the, to the shepherds down in the, in, in the bottom there in the valley and were told about the Savior being born. And we went from place after place, worshiping on the Sea of Galilee. There was no water walking, but, you know, David kept talking about it. Pastor David, he, he, I, didn't see, I didn't see no water walking. <laughs> but we did worship. And, and as you come back around and we end up in Jerusalem and there's just so much, you know, that's there. And we went through, you know, all of the different, you know, a lot of the stations and through those different areas of, and just allowing the Spirit of God to minister to us in and, and, and different moments and along that journey and, and ending up there, you know, with the... Uh, um, the tomb and being able to do communion there together, there at the tomb that they believe is the tomb, and uh, very likely it is. And uh, from Joseph Arimathea and that that uh, where they had placed the body, but you know what? That body is no longer there. He is risen, and in that we 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 were able to look at and, and travel over to the Mount of Olives and think about, 
you know, his ascension and all that took place and the coming and goings and everything, everything that was there. But what I, want to, what I want to focus on is really this passage of Scripture because Jesus, from the very beginning of this, even with his early disciples, they heard him teach and talk about the, 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 the cross, the price that he would pay, and, and the resurrection. He, he taught this. And yet somehow, on the other side of the cross, they were still struggling with their, with their faith. And they were wrestling with that. And so he's having this conversation with them. And he's reminding them of the things that he said. And that's why this passage to me was just so real. And as I was just praying over what to, what to speak and what to, what to bring today. And, and from this passage, he said, It was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. Not just suffer, but to rise from the dead. I want to talk to you about resurrection life. What happens on the other side, because here was here where Jesus was. And so he begins to talk to him about this. Resurrection, the first thing is, resurrection gives us eternal hope. Resurrection speaks loudly of this hope that the world doesn't have. We as, as Christ followers, everything that goes on and happens in our life, in spite of the challenges that we face, the difficulties, because we live in a fallen world. Listen, if somebody told you when you became a Christ follower that all your problems going away, um, <laughs> that, that's some euphoria that, that uh, yeah, that's not the reality. He said, I'm not taking you out of this world. I'm leaving you in this world. You're going to make a difference because your life is going to be different. If you're in true connection, relationship, fellowship, Empowerment from Him. But this eternal hope, I know that Pastor Daniel already talked about the shroud, and, and you can go online and you can look at that and check that out. It just speaks so much. But, but let, me, let me break this down. See, I know someone that their brother-in-law, and I'd, I'd heard them talk about it in years past, that their brother-in-law in 1974, they did, uh, he was part of a team that did extensive, extensive work. He worked for the CIA. I'm talking about we know somebody. I know someone. And they worked for the CIA, and they were part of that research team to, to really try and, and, and prove that this shroud, that it was actually, you know, there was some validity to it. And, and so... You know, it's interesting that the U.S. government would even be interested in certain things. So he's part of this, and he was a skeptic. He wasn't a believer. And, and as we're there, and because of, you know, who he is and everything, um, you know, we don't, we don't, I don't have an actual picture of the, I'm on a spook. <laughs> <laughs> they call him that for a reason, you know. And, but, but, he's, but here's the thing. As we're going, going around through that tour of the shroud, look up, and there's, there's this big 
you know, uh, like poster with all the documentation and everything, and one of the pictures had three men in it that were doing the research, and one of those men was this guy's brother-in-law. And by the time he got done with that research, he had gone from skeptic to believer. That's the impact of it. There's a little book written by um, Randy Gunnup. And, and again, he quotes some stuff online, and you can check it out. You know, you can Google some of this. But, but one of the things that, that he talks about in there is just the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Old Testament. If you look at, if you look at the Old Testament, um, you, you'll find scholars that say well over 300 prophecies were absolutely fulfilled. Some scholars believe as many as 456. Come on, 456 prophecies were fulfilled by the life of Jesus. Well, how, how impacting is that? Well, let me, let me just... Okay. 456. Or let's just go down to the ones we know, over 300 that were absolutely... No argument. So... To fulfill, mathematically, the odds of fulfilling eight, not the whole 300, eight prophecies is one to ten in the 17th power. That's like ten with 17 zeros behind it. That's the odds. One chance... And 10 to the 17th power. Let me, let me help you. So I, I Googled this morning. I'm like, well, what's the odds of winning the lottery? I mean, people probably identify more with this. Don't look at me like you all holy or something. Don't play lottery. I, you clean up well. <laughs> and, it, and I said, so what's the odds? It's like 1 in 300 million. Think about it. That's this. That's nearly the size of the United States population. And your chance of winning the lottery is 1 in 300 million. Think about to fulfill eight prophecies in its one chance in 10 to the 17th power. Now, let's, let's break it on down. This mathematician came up with this, and he was able to break this down. He said, so to fulfill these eight, to actually bring that to where... Maybe we can understand it a little better. He said it's like this. If you took silver dollars and you covered face down, so you're laying them flat, and you covered the whole state of Texas. Come on, how many know we got a big state? Everything bigger in Texas. Laying them flat, silver dollars, two feet deep in silver dollars and one coin has a mark on it and you can fly around in an airplane anywhere over the state of Texas and you jump out of that airplane and you float yourself down and you reach down by chance and, and, and pull up a silver dollar that has that mark that's the odds of fulfilling eight and Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Woo! If you have any doubt, 
If you have any doubt of the Word of God, you need to think about that. Because some of you are like, well, I'm just practical, and I'm just, I think in logic, and I, come on. (laughs) Either you're going to try and make God out to be a liar, or you're going to trust and believe in his word. And Jesus told those early disciples, it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. We have an eternal hope. It's not just in this life. Even the Apostle Paul said if, if our hope was only in this life, we are of the most pitiful. <laughs> life without hope is terrible. And some of you have been going through life and you're... you're And you've known of Jesus because, again, here's the thing. If we're not careful, we have a mental ascent. We say we believe in God, but the heart faith that's necessary for us to accept the reality of Him being Lord of our lives because that's what the Bible teaches. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is about His Lordship and surrendering our lives. Eternal hope. And the second one, it's about resurrection speaking that gives us purpose. Purpose and mission. Notice what He did for these guys. Immediately, He turns this on them. He said, okay, It was necessary for me to do my part. But now you have a purpose and an assignment. You're to go into everywhere to preach repentance and remissions of sins in his name to all nations, to every ethnos, every people group on the planet. See, in the book of Revelations, whenever we're gathered there before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, it said, every tongue, tribe, and nation shall be represented. And there's still over 200 unreached people groups and many underreached. The church is not done yet. We hadn't fulfilled our jobs yet. Come on, we need to see. But in that, there's something that happens if you connect to that. See, sometimes we're just going to work and we're punching the clock and we're we're not understanding the assignment, the purpose of what happens in that. And we had this incredible experience. I won't won't disclose where, but we we, we were able to go into, I can share a little bit. We were able to go into Bethlehem and and some areas where uh, Jericho and and, uh, so they're West Bank areas. And it's troubling. I mean, believe me, it was... God's hand was upon us. And there, there was skirmishes and there's, there's stuff. And there's always stuff happening over there, it seems like. But usually what you find, it's always these radical fringes. So like at one point, we had gone into Samaria and it went past this one city. And, and uh, we'd come back out of there. And, and all of a sudden, we, we, we heard that, that, uh, that um, um, 
some of the, it, it's, a, it's a closed Palestinian area, and, and, and some of those on the radical fringes had gotten mad about something, went in there and destroyed Joseph's tomb. So then those radical zealots Jews decide that they're going to sneak in there at night, and they're not supposed to be in there, and they're going to sneak in there at night, and they're going to repair it. So you just got this stuff going on. It's like, you hit me, I hit you back. <laughs> you know, it's just this, you know. And, and so they just, they just got that stuff, you know, that's, that's going there. But in, in this one area we went to, and, and many of you know, if you don't know, we, <laughs> you will now, but... but um, you know, I, I oversee our, our charter schools, and we have charter schools in five cities. And, and, um, and so education, that's a big part of what we, what we do. And, and so in this one Palestinian area, we were able to go to a school. Um, we've, we've had um, their director, one of their directors, the director of Seeds of Hope, actually come and shared his, his story some. And and um, and and there's some support going that way, and um, and and probably going to be a lot more support going that way. <laughs> I mean, it was impacting. We were able to do a tour of this school. We walked into the school, and on the walls they had the seven habits, which that's a big part of what we do here in our charter schools. And then the director, Jessica. This, this lady that was raised, she was actually raised uh, in Bethlehem and, and now was in a, different, in a different community there at that school and hated that area, Wouldn't, didn't want to be there. Um, when when uh, um, the, the actual senior leader of that ministry early on, Taz, Taz had been in the PLO. He had been an actual sniper. He had killed um, Jews. I mean, and, and he had this miraculous conversion. Told, told, I've heard him share a little bit of the story, and, and Pastor Olin's talked about him in the past, and, and Jesus literally appeared to him in his bedroom and preached to him and told him that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And Taz got saved, and he left. He escaped. He actually lives in the U.S. He's, he's, and then he travels some, and he travels secretly. He's got a big bounty still on his head. And uh, they've tried to kill him multiple times in the, in the past. But, but Taz kept telling Jessica, you're the new principal, the new director of the school. And she's like, God hadn't told me that. <laughs> and she's fighting it, and she's wrestling with it. And she goes through her story of, of how God worked on her heart. <laughs> so she finally says, okay, I'll do this thing for three months. Shows up the first day, and some kid pukes on her. She went home at 10 o'clock. Like, I'm done with this. This ain't God. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this. And they were like, no, God's called you this. Come on, sometimes when God's called us, how, you know, how many of you know the devil would like to stop you? He'd like to talk you out of it. He'd like to discourage you. Today, you may be at a point where, where you know that you're here not by coincidence, not by accident. But you know that there's something divine that's happening. You're going to give your life to Jesus. And listen, and the devil ain't going to like it. I can tell you. A whole lot of people were glad that Walt Landers got Jesus. But Satan wasn't one of them. (laughs) 
And here she submitted and gave her, her life to this, and now these years later, that school is thriving and growing. And it was like, and I wish I'd have videoed it because it was so impactful. I sit there and wept the whole time she's sharing and talking about school. I thought I was passionate about it. <laughs> John came out there, he's like, you thinking about hiring her? And I was like, I, I, I would, but I feel like I would be touching some anointed person that God's put there, and I would be in big trouble. But I'd like to find some more Jessicas. And, but she talked about the impact and what was happening in her purpose, in the mission, and how there in that community, there's, there's, there are only 2% Christian. 2%. Come on, some of you are whining because you got to go to work with some heathen that you got to work with. Eighty <laughs> percent of their staff are Muslim. Christian Palestinians are the most persecuted of all of them. The Jews hate them. <laughs> Muslims hate them. Even Palestinians that just want, you know, church without life, hate them because they, they, these folks are on fire. They got, the, they got the Spirit of God, man. They are like lit. And they begin to talk about the influence in what's happening because they're living their faith. They're living with purpose. They're living on mission. What would happen? If every single one of us as Christ followers didn't just celebrate Jesus today, but come Monday morning, we're rising up out of bed, giving God praise, and we're headed to a job place going, yes, there's purpose. Knowing that what you do is influencing others around you. What you do with your life in service to God's church, to this church, to in, in, in financing and volunteering and doing all that you do, knowing that, that we're reaching out beyond this, these four walls in our community, but even beyond into the world. Some of you have seen the, you know, the missions trips posted. Some of you need to get signed up. If you're thinking about going to Israel next year, you better start saving now. Don't wait and then have to have a miracle. Just get a budget. So I found it. Listen, miracles are great, but I'd rather not need one. <laughs> I'd rather have, you know, a plan. Come on. God's not against a plan. And then this last one. Is what I've been kind of threading through here is resurrection gives us power for living. Power. Look, look what he said. He said, behold, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. This is the Holy Spirit. If you go into the book of Acts, right out of Luke, and you go, you go over, because again, the writer of, of Luke's gospel, Luke, is, is the writer of the book of Acts, and you go right over into that, and you see that as Jesus ascends, he had already promised. You read John's gospel. He had already promised, I'm not going to leave you 
without. I'm, he was physically inhibited from a physical body. But he said, that's why it's necessary for him to go and to ascend so that he could send forth the Holy Spirit so now the Holy Spirit could be in all of us. Indwelling. Empowering. So that now the life that we live, so that we can be different. Again, inward transformation. And it's about this spiritual life that, that God wants us. I love the, the Greek and the, and the way the original word in there for spiritual, it's, it's the word pneumaticos. It's where we get the word pneumatic. Think about air-driven. Some, some things just happen, you know, with, with just, it's, it's amazing with pneumatic tools what can be done. And I know they've ramped up more on electric and, and that battery. Everything's got to have a source, though. We had, we had gone past this, this car that had broke down. We were going out one of the gates of the, of the old city, and, and this car had a flat. And, um, and we were there and, and kind of had some conversation. She had someone come in that was going to help. And, and so we had gone out. We had we'd done a little little tour outside of the walls, and then we were coming back in, and the car still sitting there. And, but here was another, a, a gentleman that was there, and, and uh, so we, we were offering to help. And he said, he said I, already, I already tried. He said, by hand, he said, on those lug nuts, he said, if I, if, if, if I just go ahead and try to force that, I'll strip them. I'll strip the head. But he said, with a pneumatic tool, I can put that on there. Come on, how many of you have ever seen those operate? And it's, it gets some vibration, it gets some move, and all of a sudden, bam, that thing will break loose. I want you to picture what happens when you fully receive the Holy Spirit, where He's a daily part of your life. Now you're connected to a source that's beyond you. You don't have to just struggle through life trying to do it in the flesh. Just by willpower. But you're connected in God's working and making things happen. Now, is there still obedience? Is there still something for us to do in this? Absolutely. But God's at work beyond us. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to struggle and go through life just trying your hardest. That's religion. Say, resurrection life, it speaks of so much more. I thank God for the, for the cross. I thank God for all the different places that Jesus shed his blood. He started in the Garden of Gethsemane. He started way out there. And the way of suffering as he went through all the different places of paying, his, paying the price to the point to where he's on the cross and he's there, suspended between heaven and earth. And he says, it is finished. Price was paid. That's a beautiful thing. 
forgiveness, the Lamb of God that now takes away the sin of the world, that by faith we can enter into this by the covenant that He made with our Heavenly Father. Not based on me trying to live up to something, to earn it on my own merits. Because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have blown it. Come on, some of you probably blew it just getting ready to get here for Easter service. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about losing your religion. Well, maybe you want to lose your religion. But you don't have to worry about losing that relationship if you've entered in. Now, the blood speaks forgiveness. And that's wonderful. But if that, and if that's all it was, to be forgiven, to be accepted, that, that would be wonderful. But that wasn't all that he offered. See, on the other side, when you have resurrection, all of a sudden, the hope of eternity comes and is stirring your heart. You want others. I don't know about you, but when I really find something good, I want others to know. And all of a sudden, your life begins to have purpose and meaning, and you know that you're not just living to get through this life to really have eternity. No, all of a sudden, you're beginning to take, take notice that my life can, be, can have significance right now. And the way I'm going to fulfill this and do this is to be connected to the Holy Spirit, to have His life living, breathing, on me and through me. So it's not based upon just me getting it done. I want to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. We're going to wrap up. Just, just close your eyes just for a moment. here. I want to just, just again picture. You've already had oh, so much you know, from the, the worship team and things that were shared and songs that were sung and, and Pastor Daniel with communion and talking about that shroud and Pastor David talking about the dungeon there below Caiaphas' house in that darkness and in that place. And you already heard about the pain and the suffering and all that he took. But now let's just think about resurrection morning and the resurrection Because he wants to give us his life. I love what Jesus said. Life that is given with abundance. The abundant life. A life that is filled with love, joy, peace. And, that's, and I miss saying that because Jessica, in that, in that school, one of the main things that she said that makes them different is that they teach love, not hate. Listen, we can all find things to be haters about. Like I said, they're some of the most persecuted among all the people there in the Middle East. And yet, in that school, even though mom and dad have tried to even teach them how to hate, she said, we teach love. The love of God. 
Would you embrace that today? Would you welcome that today? Would you just say, Jesus, I want you to just do this right here with yourself. Just say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. Just pray that. You may want to just right now just say, God, I want my life to have significance. Help me to know my purpose and my mission. Come on, just step out there boldly. Let God have His way. Oh, I feel like there's so many struggling today. I just, I just sense that you're just struggling. You, you know that you're in a rat race. You're trying to pay the bills. You're trying to do a good job at work. You're just doing, doing, and all this stuff. But listen, right here, things can all of a sudden tip when you get filled with His presence. Right here, just say, Jesus, fill me. Father, we thank you for that. God, we thank you that in you there is no lack, no want. You are our shepherd. We shall not want. And I thank you for making yourself real to each and every person here in this place that will watch, maybe watching right now by live stream. Father, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit ministering life. Father, we thank you for this today. We bless you. Jesus, Lord and Master, King of Kings, we surrender all to you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I appreciate all of you that are here today. Pastor David's going to come. Amen.